everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Greetings and salutations from the mild-mannered crew that live here oh, in Australia. We're back. <laughs> the bad boys of anime podcasting. Oh, we took some time off because Nick was a little sicky boy. Yeah. We're back. Oh, Nick, how was your sickness? Um, it, well, I mean, it was pretty shit, but, you know, it was fine. Could we be considered the bad boys? Of- oh, we're so bad. We're all the time smoking out behind the bike shed. I mean, low quality, sure, but bad? We <laughs> we're bad? the terrible boys of anime <laughs> podcasting. We're the ones that you listen to when you have nothing else to care about. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Nick, you are so sick, you missed our racist board game. (laughs) It's not a racist board game. Okay, it's Eldritch Horror, and much like all Cthulhu stuff, it's at least racist adjacent. It's close to, but not quite occupying the same space as most Nazi protests. Sure! This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, in which we recap and discuss one episode of the popular anime animated web series Jojo's Bizarre Adventure every episode and what you might ask episode did we discuss in this episode why (laughs) it was of course the seventh episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure part four Diamond is Unbreakable which is also the 81st episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole and it covers chapters 289 through chapters 293 of the manga and is entitled Toshikazu Hazamada, parentheses, surface. You didn't mess up the number thing this time. You're damn right I didn't, because I'm a goddamn professional, Nick Valentine. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. Man, we're getting good at this. We're getting damn good at this. We could start up another podcast that's just us talking about now. I can't do any more podcasts. <laughs> You've got to get good. You just said you're a professional. Do you know how many jobs Geralt has? He's a professional. The Witcher? Yeah. Geralt Riv- Speak on that. His name is Geralt Riviera, I, I assume. Uh, he has some jobs that pay him money. Now expound on why you brought him up. Well, because he has a lot of them. He has a lot of, like, contract work, you know? He gets a lot of, like, cost-reimbursable contracts. I prefer to um, leave my monster killing to the public sector. Oh, okay, that's fair. You know, I don't trust uh, legislation. I'm more of a free market kind of guy. You don't trust legislation? The foundation on which our legal system is built? Yes. I think justice is a flawed concept. I think, you know, we should just live in pure anarchy. Uh, I don't like dogs either. They're weird. They're not bound by law. Hey, Nick. Yeah? Who's this episode brought to us by? This episode is brought to you by Amani Burger. Amani Burger. Speaking of the free market, that's a name for a great chain. One of the good burgers over at Patreon, who is, uh, you know, whose support with... allows us to continue doing this, despite the fact that we've had a real rough year. <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing so good. <laughs> oh, God, we laugh to hide the tears. <laughs> yep. So, Nick. Yes. What are your preliminary thoughts on this episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I feel like things are starting to kick off, you know? Yeah. Like, things are now moving. We've got an antagonist... Well, we had, I suppose, an antagonist proactively targeting one of our protagonists. Mm. Except he's now in the background and there's, like, a group mm. of dudes who are, like, kind of doing something. Because I feel like, obviously, um, obviously, Angelo, a.k.a. Angelo, was <sighs> proactively malicious towards everyone he encountered in the world. Yes. But I feel like this is sort of the first time in the part that someone has actively sought out one of the good guys for the purposes of... Defeating them, mm. you know, with um, Kate Show, he happened to hey he happened to shoot Koichi and was like, okay, well, Joe's case here may as well kill him. But yeah, but now it's like, hey, 
Josuke is a dude. Jotaro is a dude. Let's fuck him up. Let's just murder them. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they're just going to try and murder them. It's good. I like it. I like that we now have like a direction. If you will humor me in this regard. We'll it's see. It's almost as though an arrow has been shot and we're now in the trajectory of a plot. Yeah? Yeah? Get it? Because there's an arrow in the show and it's it shot people. Koichi. I'm so happy for yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it shot people. Koichi specifically. Yeah. Man, Koichi's hair is not going away, is it? Nah, he's got that good hair game now. He's he looks Koichi with the good hair. He looks like Goku, and he has cell for a stand. I don't really it's think like, he looks like Goku. Okay, he looks like Gohan because he's small and has uppy hair, and uh, yeah, it could be more uppy. That is true. It could be like full on Super Saiyan. Yeah, Koichi meets. Funny thing about Koichi and his design in the anime, mm. um, he's got that grey hair. Obviously, mm. um, the most popular depiction of him I'd seen prior to this he did have that blonde hair um in the the colorized uh version of the manga that I read which may or may not be official I can't remember it's just some guy who's like oh yeah it's possibly well there is a there is a a translation group called Jojo's Color Adventure that releases high quality colored uh things of the manga um but I can't remember if that those are official colorations or if they're something they're doing themselves yeah don't at me but read don't, their stuff. Don't correct read us. their stuff. They do good work. They recently retranslated Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five uh, after the previous translation was dog doo doo. <laughs> after it was hey, like I so much dog doo doo left on one's front lawn that you might step on, then bite the face off of that very dog. No, that did happen, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No. Wow. What? What a show. What a show where that is a thing that can fucking happen. And then be rather forgettable in the grand scheme yeah, of things. exactly. <laughs> what even? So anyway. So anyway. Toshikazu Hazamara. Surface. Surface. We open. It's night time. Moriocho Radio is playing. It's one of those sort of late night write-in shows where people talk about like their lost love and ask for advice or whatever. It's a classic Frasier play. It's... I suppose so. Um... <laughs> It's that same, it's the same guy who does the morning radio show, so he's really burning the candle at both ends. He doesn't sleep, apparently. Kai Harada. It's Kai Harada, everyone's favourite Kai Harada. guy. He's like that um, AI in Fallout 3 that runs the government radio. Oh, the president? Yeah. Yeah. He's just there going, hey, it's me, I'm a human. Or I suppose alternatively, he's like, three dog. On Radio's free <laughs> Roscoe Wasteland Radio or whatever. To be fair. Where he's like, I don't do anything. I'm broadcasting all the time. Maybe one day I'll sleep. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Is that your howl of a dog? No, actually, that was my um, old-timey car horn. A wooga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So he's saying, like, hey, you can call us up and yeah. write us in. And We've got a we'll letter talk. from Forever Alone 21 or whatever. I was going down to the shops the other day and I saw my crush and, and fade into the background. As We're looking at this nerdy looking guy. He's sitting at his desk eating uh, potato chips. Yep, like, just like light from Death Note. Mm. Uh, and... And he's got all these images. He's reading of, some sort of girly mag. Yeah, he's got all sorts of images of scantily clad females around him. Like bathing suit pics. Yeah. Good old Playboy stuff. Do you reckon in the anime world? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so so you know how we always just kind of assume that if we see something in anime and it's drawn, that's their reality, right? So are you gonna ask me whether these are photos? Or drawings yes. in, within the, yes. the anime reality. Exactly. Unclear. Okay. 
Because if they were photos and there were real photos used, wouldn't that be anime drawings equivalent? Because we Re- live, rephrase that. For we me. live in the anime drawn world. We so don't. The re- they do. Well, they do. <laughs> so their reality would be drawn ladies. Right? So if they were reading a manga, it would just be a whole bunch of what we would Real consider photorealistic photos. pictures. Yeah, exactly. And, they'd be, and like, they'd be like, this looks too cartoony. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Would it just be that? Yeah, sure. Yes. Why not? <laughs> Make it happen. And he's, he's reading his chips and he just sort of real casual. Did I say he's reading his chips? Yeah, well, he is, isn't he? Sure, yeah. <laughs> he just sort of real casually like picks up a mechanical pencil and, you know, no big deal. Just kind of raises it up in the air like someone about to dramatically write in a death note. Uh, and then kind of misses the notebook and just kind of, you know, no big deal. Just kind of whatever. Just jams it right into his left eye. <laughs> Splatters blood everywhere. Cut to the OP. Oh no, then we just hear a little... Oh. <laughs> sure. And then the OP happens. I don't know what that was. That wasn't, that wasn't so far off. You're getting closer. Um, but you will... I don't know what that is. My That's point. The, the point I'm driving at is we will never return to the halcyon days of the good joke of screeching out the opening <laughs> bars of the battle tendency thing. <laughs> What, just... Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, we could. No. No? Veto. (laughs) Damn it. Couple of things in the OP this week. (gasps) We've almost met everyone. We have met most of the characters depicted in it. Yeah, not the chef, though. We, of course, meet Hazamata, who's a sort of gaunt-looking, dark-haired small guy, and he sort of wanders across the screen at one point. He looks like an angsty teen who... Oh, no, he doesn't wander across. He's sort of standing in place and pumping his arms up and down in the air. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because he's just there going, yeah, well, if I have to get into it, I'm not moving. Mm. Um, he doesn't seem like he'd be comfortable dancing. No. Uh, like we, we also briefly see in, with capital capitalization, uh, the girl, TM. Mm. A girl in a JoJo story? Unthinkable. I mean, who knows? Who knows what the hell's going to happen? And we also girl. have resolved why Koichi strikes that awful pose in that one bit. <laughs> Because now Echoes comes out and shoots out the word mystery in time with the vocals saying in English the word mystery. So, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't look bad, but... It looks better. It looks better. It's still incredibly awkward. Speaking of the lyrics to the song, I just remembered that I put off discussing the lyrics when we first started talking about Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town because of their content and how I felt like they were from the perspective... Or best read from the perspective of an unintroduced character. That character has since been introduced and it's Okiyasu Nijimura. Ooh. So let's see. If I if I remember right. Okay. So let's let's take a look at them gosh darn lyrics. A deep dive into what makes the song lyricy. Enterprising listeners may have heard the uh, pop pop of me typing on my surface just then before <laughs> I remembered to turn down the audio. <laughs> you have earned one JoJo point. <laughs> Cash them all in. For No end of sentence. For more JoJo points? Can we make a self-circulating economy? Jojo points for Jojo points. Yeah, buy our Jojo coins. <laughs> oh my God. Is there such a thing as Jojo coins? I coin? bet there is. Oh, we should invest. We should be given Jojo coin for free so that when it eventually inflates to enormous proportions, we can fund ourselves. There are faceless gazers passing by with me. Uh, wait, are these the lyrics or is this just a problem? No, I'm have? just talking. Oh, okay. The void in my heart changed with the path I chose. Oh. There's no limit to each new encounter. Everything's so ordinarily bizarre. Ugh, yeah. That sounds like a hard time for you. In, wait, yet, you a, in yet another morning now. Reluctant. I'm not going to read all these lyrics because we do that. Yeah. That's a thing that we do occasionally. Um, 
And I don't think anyone enjoys it. <laughs> but we'll save that for later. Um, the point being that um, he talks about, like, you know, how his life has changed. Uh, In a bizarre time. There's one particular lyric I'm looking for. One moment. The time we have flies flowing free as we... Oh, he scrolled. Monster. These days they need to just make a straight up literal, like, telling of the plot through song lyrics in an OP. So, like... I mean, they did that... Not in a literal sense, but in a... Um, Semi-sense in part A? Yeah, part A. Yeah. So just Bizarre Adventure, part A. Mm. But, like, they should just do it more literally. They should be like, you know? there was this guy called Dio, and he showed up, and he caused trouble for everyone. Exactly. <laughs> he got in one little fight, and his dad got scared and said, I'm moving you to live with the Joe Stars. In London. You know, yeah. Not really Bel Air, but close enough. It doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> Nothing matters, Nick, okay? We all die. Anyway, I'm bored of talking about the OP now. Let's move on. Yes. <laughs> Simply put, there are words in the OP. Yeah, and like it's about like how I've made a new choice in my life. The arrow is there, and now I'm feeling better about myself. Okay, that's nice. That's comforting. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we get into the episode, and we come. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. We're done. Um, we, we finally we, come. We come to, and. Yep. Uh, Josuke and Koichi are meeting with their new friend, Tamami, outside the front of the school gates. Ooh, friend or slave? Their new non-aggressive acquaintance. <laughs> yep, okay. Because as I, I think I've alluded to this a couple of times, unlike the bad guys in part three, um, whole horse excluded, mm-hmm. because this is a sort of small town environment, when the majority of these guys are defeated in their sort of stand of the week episode, they mm. sort of, they persist. Because, you know, they're part of this community that still exists. So Tamami's around. He's not an active antagonist anymore. He's just someone they kind of know who will occasionally show up and be like, it's me, Tamami. Here's my perspective on things. Yeah. I suppose he's not really much of a help either because... I mean, he deliberately decides he's not going to help because he's a coward. Exactly. Um, yeah. But he does show up and he's like, so there's this guy... Um, Toshikazu Hazamata, Hazamata, and he's probably a stand user because he got into an argument with his friend about Japanese pop stars or idols, and now then his friend gouged out his eye that night. Do you think it's related? Possibly. Uh, here's a picture of him. So you were saying before, we've got this guy uh, who's kind of tall. So <laughs> the um, there's this Polaroid of Hazamata, which depicts him as like a sort of, he's got a sort of dark bearing about himself. He's got that sort of emo hair that drapes down Ooh, over his the sides real, of his face. That real Marilyn Manson AFI yeah. look. Uh, and he's all gaunt and pale uh, and, and thin. But when we see him in the show, he's about half the height he is in this picture. <laughs> Much like a certain uh, Tamami Kobayashi, oh. who started off super tall and then became not super tall. Unlike Tamami, I believe Hazamata stays of that stature for his entire antagonist period in the, um, in the manga. Yeah. But when we see him later in one of those bits, like how Tamami showed up in this episode, mm-hmm. he's all short and lacking stature because he's no longer an active threat. Mm. That's all very interesting to me. Why do they do it? What is height? What is stature? A it's wink. almost like someone's physical presence is a indicator of their threatening nature. Metaphors. Hmm. Hmm. JJ. There's more I wish I could talk about this at the moment, but I can't. So we'll come back to that at a later date. Sure. At me if I forget, because this is one of the most interesting things about the part to me. Mm, okay. So basically he goes, yep, it could be him. It could not be him. 
Could be a stand user, let's check it out. His friend said at the hospital, and next thing I knew, I was staring at my left eye in my hand with my right eye in my head. I mean, that is kind of funny when you say it out loud. <laughs> but also horrific. Also exquisitely painful. I don't know how painful it would be, honestly. Think about it. People put in contact lenses mm-hmm. and they're not like... Anything that pierces is bad. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you haven't got that many nerves in your eye, do you? I think you really do. Do you? Uh, do you want me to just poke you in the eye right now and see how it feels? Touche. <laughs> but is that from the eye or is that from everything around the eye? It doesn't really matter. Never mind. <laughs> All right. I have lost this argument yeah. quite badly. Also, another recurring thing in this episode is the use of pens and pencils as instruments yes. of destruction. Yes. Uh, I, mm. and of course, jamming anything into your eye is going <laughs> to hurt super bad. But later on, and also later on in the story... Outside of this arc, there's a bit where Araki's like, yeah, pens. Pens are really sharp. They'd fuck you up. And I don't know how true that is. Like, I think a good fa- a sharp fountain pen could hurt. I don't know if it could But I don't you, know but... if, if like, implied near the end of this episode, if you stabbed someone in the head with a pen, it would kill them instantly. I don't know if it could penetrate the I skull. I think if you got... St- if you got, if a well-made pen, if you stabbed someone in the head with that... You could do a lot of damage. Maybe they could bleed out and die. Mm. Don't know if you could kill them instantly unless you had, like... Unless you were really good at specifically targeting key areas of the brain. You know the living part of the brain? Yeah, just that Or the life bit? Yeah. Just the medulla that. oblongata. The control centre of the brain and lung. Heart and lungs. I learned that from Futurama. Nice. The episode with the brain worms. I only know the mitochondria. It's the powerhouse of the cell. Technically part of the brain, I guess, because the brain has cells. Exactly. So you destroy all them, boom. No more powerhouse to fuel the human body. And of course, as we all know, the midichlorian is the powerhouse of the force. I will kill you. <laughs> so yeah, he's all like, wow, that was messed up. We should look into this guy. And uh, Josuke's like, I'm going to go do it. And Koichi's like, I'm going to go do it too. And Tamami's like, what? Koichi, you're going to do it too? Leave it to that asshole Josuke. Nah, I don't want to leave it to Josuke. I'm an... Ugh. <laughs> Mick just died. <laughs> died a little bit. What a break. Hell yeah. This is the unseen bit. Yeah. Put something funny in this bit, so I'll leave it in the episode. Uh, water tastes like water. That's funny. Man, I should be on Seinfeld. That's about the quality of joke they tend to have. You're throwing some serious shade <laughs> at one of the greatest sitcoms of I mean, all time. It's amazing, but the jokes on that show basically boil down to, so this is this, you know? Like the like written jokes, not the meta jokes. That's what makes it funny. Mm, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Anyway, exactly. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Koichi's all like, I'm an upstanding guy. Yeah, there's a danger in this town. A dark secret that lurks behind those white picket fences. <laughs> and it's if it's a danger to my friends and family, I'm morally beholden to try to root it out as someone with magic powers. What's the guy? Is it Tamami? Tamami. Tamami's all like, <gasps> oh my oh, god. You're so brave and beautiful, Master Koichi. Such a man that I could only look up to. That's why you- you're the man I've chosen to admire. This... First year high schooler, me, an adult. But I'm out. Yep. He just, I like that shot. He's he's staring into the camera, eyes full of like tears admiring and, tears. Uh, and then he's like, but, and then it abruptly cuts to him being sort of halfway down the block and waving and being like, not me. I'm out of here, guys. See you later. And then he, I like the way 
the way he jogs seems sort of so indicative of his character. He's perfectly upright, which he, he normally walks with a sort of hunch, but he's perfectly upright with his hands in his pockets and just sort of pumping his legs. Just bouncing up and down mm. as he just so happens to be moving forward. And he's away. Josuke and, and Koichi go to Hazamata's class and can't see him. Hmm. He must be here. Yeah. But he's not here. And they say if he did gouge his friend's eyes out and can still blend in, he must be real creepy. And then we get some Junji Ito shit. There's a there's a future villain in this story that reminds me... You're not going to know which one it is, but you might. But <laughs> I'm just, I need to talk about him as related to Hazamata because there's so many parallels, but it hasn't come up yet. You can do it the other way around. I know, but I, I'm worried I'll forget. Okay, all right. I'll forget as well. Mm. Someone just remind Liam a week in advance. Just say, hey, the guy's coming up. And then you can be happy. Hmm. 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 So then they go into the locker room to like try and yeah, find yeah, a oh, bright, wait, no, a the Junji cut. Ito thing. Oh yeah, so they're like, where is he? Duh. He must be super creepy. Cut to the ajar classroom door. And his shadowy face just sort of peeks around the corner. With one eye that's just like, <laughs> uh, I look like the little girl from the ring. Did you see that person who programmed a um Here we go. A VR or maybe AR or something experience of the ring in which the girl actually comes out of the TV because they <laughs> wait. So they did some heavy sort of computer processing on that footage from the movie and just yeah. extracted the girl, and then and then she actually comes out of. I the think TV. they did it the American the American one where I think her name was Samara. Um, okay, not Sadako. Um, anyway, uh, so she comes out of the TV in your into your VR headset into the actual space you're in, uh, and then if you leave, she will follow you, or if Ooh. you leave too far, she will like I guess reinstance and be in front of you. That's cool, mm, creepy. Oh, that's fun. How do they know what your house looks like before? I don't know. It must be a sort of AR thing, I guess. I don't really understand yeah. the distinction very well, but clearly you are seeing your actual surroundings, yeah. and also this is superimposed on it somehow. Could you imagine? Maybe like a sort of Google Glass thing. Perhaps? Could you imagine just accidentally leaving it on? Make a sandwich, turn around, <laughs> and there she is. And you're like, well, now I need a new fucking well, sandwich. Well, now I'm gonna die. Yeah, just give her the sandwich. Be Smash like, cut to Crazy one. Diamond tearing the door off Hazamada's locker and Koichi's like. Josuke, you can't do that. That's destruction of school property. We are morally beholden to protect the citizens and their property. I don't know if I care for this voice we're ascribing <laughs> to Koichi. And Ko- Josuke's all like, nah, mate, it's cool. We're just going to put it back when we're done. I got that superpower. I can destroy anything I want. You know, Even that's, you. That's a pretty good point. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Let's break this school down and make it good again. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of like... I'm just thinking, if he can like just reconstruct things... He could make his, like, house amazing, you know? Like, he could just pick up some wood and just make it into a house. Well, I suppose measure twice, cut once, doesn't apply as to a maxim as Josuke, because he's like, oh, that was slightly off, actually, actually when I saw this plank. I can just... <laughs> yeah, pretty Give much. it another go. Yeah, and then... Not okay. that he would need to, given Crazy Diamond's crazy uh, speed and precision. <laughs> but then He's Okiyasu not going to make would... that mistake. But Okiyasu could show up and be like, let me help! <laughs> Well, the house is gone now, Okiyasu, mm-hmm. so thanks a lot. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So he rummages through this. He finds a lot of manga. He finds uh, a tennis racket because he's in the tennis club. Doesn't seem like he'd be in the tennis club, but no. he's in the tennis club. And then behind all of these things, 
we find <gasps> a man trying to grasp... No, it's no. a mannequin. It's a mannequin. He's like, blast. I, I didn't think we'd find the bow and arrow in here, but it would have been nice. Instead, we just have this creepy wooden one of those um thing. One of those um, anatomical dolls you use for sketching that you can use to see how joints would hang. Mm. Um, but sort of most of the ones of those I see are, you know, desk size. So you can put them on your desk. This one's yeah. human sized. Mm. But not human the... like Koichi. Human like Josuke. Human like bigger than the guy who owns it. Mm. And Josuke's like, a stand. Oh, no. Oh, no, wait. It's just. It's just a sheet. It's a real physical object. But he'd already touched it, and then he's looking at it, and the hand starts to glow. That sort of nub that is the hand on this thing. Mm. And then it t- grows into a real hand. Uh, what? There's a big old burst of smoke and a bit of an explosion, and then <gasps> a second, Josuke climbs out of... The uh, what? <laughs> okay, so we now have two Josuke's. So it looks exactly like Josuke, barring having a, um, a screw on its forehead. Mm. Right between the eyebrows. Quite fortunate that it copied Josuke, because I imagine it could probably comb down the hair a slight bit to to disguise that screw. Yeah, but he wouldn't, would he? He's never going to let that hair down. So he's <laughs> that's true. And <laughs> uh, he's climbing out because it do, it does seem like it copies the personality a little bit too. Yeah, there's a lot of th- there are a lot of weird things about this episode. Yeah, that weird me out. I want to talk a bit more about the personality of this thing later when uh, Hazamata brings it up. So let, mm-hmm. let's put a pin in that. Okay. Um. So he he climbs on out of the locker, and Josuke is like. Great, you've got some nerve turning into me. <laughs> now, <laughs> just, could you imagine just that as a marked response? He's so chill. It's like, oh, you've got some nerve turning into me, buddy. It's like, I, I hate what? it. When, I hate it when people turn into me. How, how is this a normal thing to say? I've worked very hard to build a very specific brand about with a very uh, unique aesthetic, You're and I don't stealing. appreciate you just You're stealing, stealing my, my work, intellectual bro. property. <laughs> And the stand, uh, Surface, as we come to learn it's called, mm-hmm. just starts talking about uh, Perman. Perman. Yeah, Perman. He's like, Perman. you know the, the copy robot from Perman? That's convenient. It'd be great to have around. I looked up what Perman is. Mm-hmm. Perman is a manga by Fujiko Fujio Ooh. about a boy, Mitsuo Sua, who is chosen to apprentice to a powerful superhero. Okay, looks fun. The creators' characters, sorry, the characters' creators appear to have distanced themselves from this origin story. Oh, wait, what was wrong with that origin? I don't know. Story? Um, oh, okay. In the comic essay "Passionate Days of Perman," Fujiko F. Fujio claims the name is actually a reference to the par concept in golf. The name of Mitsuo's <laughs> boss is Birdman. Birdman, get in here. Classic. Is that Harvey Birdman, attorney at law? Birdman gives a human boy Mitsuo Sua three items to help him as Perman, Birdman's apprentice. A helmet which multiplies the wearer's physical strength by 75 septillion times 10. <laughs> what? That's that's not... Do you, did you ever watch Roger Ramjet? Uh, no. Which was a... You know, did you ever watch Batfink? No. Okay, these were, these were two sort of very shitty car- cartoons that played for about five minutes at 5.55pm on ABC oh, when we were growing up. Um, I may have seen them. I think they, they may have been from the 60s and re-aired, or they may have just been aping that aesthetic. Um, Roger Ramjet was a sort of all-American superhero mm-hmm. uh, to the extent that his theme song was a song parody of Yankee Doodle. Uh, Classic. And his thing was he, he, rode, he rode jets and he had a bunch of kids that he helped around. Mm-hmm. That, that helped him around and um, when he wanted to save the day he would take a proton pill which gave him the strength of 40 atom bombs for 40 seconds <laughs> mm, this doesn't feel like a great message to kids <laughs> no uh, 
The helmet also uh, gives the wearer the ability of omnilingualism by spinning the ear part of the helmet. Nice. It also gave him a cape that allows the wearer to fly at a speed of 119 kilometers per hour and run with great speed. Okay, let me get this right. The helmet gives him 75 septillion times 10 strength. Mm-hmm. The cape allows him to fly at 119 kilometers an hour. Slower than a plane, and also quite possibly slower than my car. But he can also run with great speed. Uh, okay. Now, I do want to point out that um, it does say gave him three items. There are four items listed here. The third item... <laughs> this is just keeps on giving. ...is this a is... badge which enables the wearer to communicate with other permen and to breathe underwater and in space. Gotcha. And finally, oh. the secret fourth item... But not only the secret fourth item, because there is a fifth item in the next paragraph. An invulnerable suit, which could take 65 supernovas at a time, and multiply the speed by 42 septillion. God, I love just random stats. Mm -hmm. I love them so much. This is very much latter half of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, this is amazing. In addition, he gives him a copy robot, which transforms into an identical clone to help him keep his secret identity during missions. The very copy robot that Surface is talking about right now in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 Diamond is Unbreakable episode entitled Hazamada Toshikazu parentheses Surface. Was that correct? We'll never know. If his secret identity becomes known to others, his brain will be destroyed for betraying the secret of Perman. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Man, that would be convenient to have a robot that got its brain destroyed for... No, your brain will be destroyed if you reveal your secret identity. Oh, I see. Whoa. Anyway, that's Perman. Oh dear. So the, the surface is like, you guys know Perman? And Josuke's like, no, I don't know what, what you're talking about. And so uh, we know the now. robot is offended by this. Yeah, he's not like, the robot, the stand. Who would know what Perman is? Perman's great. And then we get a shot of, um, of Hazamata creeping around the corner of the lockers again. <coughs> yep. And he's all like, yeah. Oh, I want to just to speaking about the shots in this sequence. There was a cool bit when they're searching through the locker where we're seeing the scene from one side of the angle. So Josuke is facing to the right. And then we sort of um, pan across the block of lockers. And when we come out, we're seeing the scene from the opposite angle. So Josuke is facing into the lockers on the left. I like that transition. Mm, it's a nice little, oh yeah, it's still just the same. Yeah. Just sort of passed the time while he was searching. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Josuke tr- rushes in to try to attack his copy. Um, he's like, I'm going to destroy this puppet. And then Surface is like, no puppet, no puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> and he raises his right hand. And Josuke also he ra- is forced to raise his right hand because as Hazamada reveals as he comes around the corner. <laughs> child, you see the puppet is the puppet master. You, you fool. You might say, you the puppet, much like a certain reprehensible president. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, see? You underestimated me, you little shit. Now you're going to pay the price. And Josuke's like, no, I have the high ground. I don't know why I sound like an old man mixed um, with a parrot. He's got his 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 hand stuck in the air. Mm-hmm. And first, he's talking, they're monologuing about how you have to mimic all its movements, blah, blah, blah. First, he slowly brings the hand down onto his face. And then he sharply elbows, well, the puppet elbows the locker next to him. Yep. But because of... Physicality. And opposite spacing. Yep. Josuke elbows what would be the empty air next to him were that empty air not occupied by the throat of his friend Koichi. There's a good number of squelching sounds. We get like 
super slow-mo close-ups as Koichi is sent flying through the air, his throat crushed by his best friend's elbow. Best and only friend, you might say. Damn! I suppose Jotaro is also kind of his friend. Uh, yeah. And Okiyasu, but we haven't seen them interact in a friendly manner by this point. No. What about, um, what's his face? The, uh, the slave master oh, guy. I don't really think That's more of Koichi a mentor. really thinks of him as a friend <laughs> yet. That's more of a mentor-slave relationship, you know? Koichi goes flying and smashes through a door. And he's all like... Josuke's got some fierce upper body strength. Well, yeah, I, mean, we, a, I guess we knew that, but... He's a Josuke, so... So he goes flying, he's smashed into a door, and, uh, what's his name? The bad guy. He's like, my stan's name is... Well, okay. He says in the subtitles, my stan's name is Showoff. And it does, it's a physical object, so normal people can see it. As the word surface, <laughs> the actual name of the stand, appears on screen it's in a little text box. It's clearly emblazoned there. Yeah. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So we have surface slash all-star just sort of there being like, show off. Show off. I don't know where you got all-star from. I don't know. I guess somebody once told me that show off was the name of the stand. See, I was going to go for the meme and then I decided not to. This has been a great thing that you're going to cut out later. Hey, cut me out. I swear that's a song. It's not a song. Cut me out to the sweet times, hot nights, everything's gonna be alright. <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, so Surface is emblazoned across the screen. And then he pulls out. Oh wait, no, first, um, Crazy Diamond tries to attack, but he's just out of range because Josuke's frozen up because of Surface. He can't move and get in range. Oh no. That's inconvenient for him. Surface pulls out the most dangerous weapon imaginable. In this episode. A mechanical pencil. Oh fuck. <laughs> He and starts, he goes to the eye gouge. He starts bringing it closer and closer. And at this point, I was like, no, no, stop. Because it got, it wasn't the eye. It's like just the flesh immediately underneath the eye. The eye bag. Yeah. <laughs> that bit. Uh, and all the time, Josuke is futilely struggling against this thing. And uh, Hazamata is expositing about how he's going to go run Jotaro Kujo out of town. Because he's heard his stand can stop time for a second or two. And I don't like that outsiders are coming here and digging up dirt on us. They're taking our stands. And also, line of dialogue that caught my eye. Mm. No one in our group could stand a chance against him. Mm. Some sort of group at at. Uh, at yeah. large here. This is what I mean. Mm. We, we now have a... Some sort of shadowy cabal of Morioians. The Morio cabal. I like it. I like it a lot. The eye gouging has happened and there's a, there's a horrific squishing sound and Josuke collapses forward onto his face. His eye is presumably just fucking gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hazamata's all like, all right, let's go uh, beat up Jotaro. Uh, Surface, grab my bag. Surface grabs the bag, turns around and we see the katakana for the onomatopoeia squish. On the side of his head. Classic. Oh my god. And we see Echoes atop the locker breathing heavily. <laughs> now, I wanted a whole episode of that. It's got a lot of like ASMR to, to the sound he's making. It's, it's, it's like, just like there. Lightly <laughs> pulsating and like... <sighs> he sounds like a dying like cat or something. Mm. But like in a fun way. Alright. Sure. <laughs> he's just there being like... Yes. Yeah. They Skywalker. leave. Josuke is freed. He rolls over. He's still got an eye, but it has a bit of a cut underneath it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, their deception is revealed. He's all like, he runs over to Koichi and is all like, wow, Koichi, 
I sure owe you for using your echoes to trick him like that. Yeah, it's no problem. You've I, sure got I, guts. And he's all like, no, man, I only did it because you healed my broken bones after you elbowed me in the face with crazy diamonds. Still hit this door, though, so yeah, if you could just if heal you could that just, bit. If you could just patch me up, that'd be appreciated. Oh, yeah, patch you up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they run outside and we get cut away to a mysterious, tall, beautiful girl with long, flowing black hair. She's from the OP. Yes. What does she do? She's, Nothing. She's walking down a long corridor. Golden hour sunlight is streaming in. And she's all like... She looks out the window and she sees those two boys running around in the corridor. She's... A light blush plays across her cheeks. She sighs. Any thoughts, then, Nick? Um, she could have done anything. Uh, there's always that. Yep. Um, looks like she'll be introduced next episode in <laughs> some kind of important... What if... What... Okay. This is going to sound outlandish, but what if she's really attracted to Koichi? Whoa. Not Josuke. Because we, we see later on. We do get a bit of a montage of all the girls being exactly. into Josuke later. So what if it's one of, of those bait things. and switch. Yeah, what if it's one of those things was like, oh, the moment I saw you, I couldn't stop looking. And Josuke's like, well, you know, this hair doesn't grow itself. And then Now, I like, will tell you, um, this sequence was added for the anime. Okay. And I believe um, most of the subsequent sequence was at with the um, the girls mm-hmm. flirting with, with, with Josuke, uh, and aka Surface, aka Show Off, mm-hmm. was added for the anime. Yeah. I, I believe the stuff that was in the manga was um, the bit we'll get to later where Hazamite is complaining about how come, how come all the girls are saying goodbye to you? Yeah. And the, and the girl who gives Josuke, in quotations, uh, a, a no, love letter. Yeah. Okay. That'd be a bit weird for him to just suddenly be like, why are they saying goodbye to you after not seeing any of them say goodbye? Well, no, no. We would see like one panel. Of oh, okay. I- I'm just reconstructing yeah, this that from, makes sense. from distant memory, but sure. we-, we get enough of it that... that yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. We're all good. We just don't get like, you know, the three girls holding the ice cream being like, hey, Josuke. Yeah. And, and all that. So I that. think that happens literally right now. No. Ooh. Because our boys... Josuke and Koichi make a desperate phone call to the Mario Grand Hotel, room 324. <gasps> That's where Josuke's staying. That's where Jotaro's staying. That's where Jotaro's staying. <laughs> Good work, Nick. So they try calling. The line's in use. That surface is already on the phone with him being like, there's an evil stand user. Come meet me at the train station and I'll tell you all about it. <gasps> Can't do it over the phone. Certainly not. <gasps> Fine. I'll come meet you. <gasps> oh no. In 15 minutes at the Morio train station plaza. Okay. They call back and but he's already left the room. <gasps> oh no. They probably lured him somewhere. The tension is growing. Josuke talks a bit about how creepy having a doppelganger is at this point. And I think it's an interesting point that he points out that what really creeped him out more than seeing his face and something else was seeing his hands on someone else. Because you see them more than you would ever see your face. Yeah. And so he was like, it's got me like, down I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a real... I've, I've never had a doppelganger, so I don't know if that would be a real phenomena. But I think that's an interesting perspective on it. Mm. No, it's it would be weird to look into a mirror that's alive. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I read a um no I didn't read anything. I saw an episode of Midsummer Murders once. Uh-huh. Um in which someone did a bit of a doppelganger play. Um he disguised himself as someone else. Um and this person had a particular head tilt. And the, the show posited that we never see ourselves as other people do because reflections and mirrors and such are always Yeah, they're inverted. Flipped. Yeah. So this the one of the key points of this episode was the person was tilting their head the wrong way. Uh-huh. Ah, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, nice. That's a good little plot twist. It frustrates me, but it's still a good <laughs> plot twist. So. so they don't know where they're going right now, but they know they're around. So they're on the hunt. Um, oh, that's right. At this point, Tamami bumps into Hazamata and uh, quote unquote Josuke. 
Oh yeah, that's he's right. walking down the street and he's like, Josuke, why are you here with Hazamata, the guy you were looking for earlier? And then, you know, they threaten him for a bit and then you don't know why. Surface hits him over the head with a brick. And he just collapses unconscious into a nearby abandoned lot. Behind a bush, basically. Yeah. That's that's so dark. Like Obviously, there's a lot of violence in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and but just beating someone up with a brick feels so much more gritty. It closer to home, yeah. doesn't it? You know? And someone gouged their eye out in this episode. Yeah. We're getting into the realistic mm. parts of things, you know? Before we had, like, electricity. We have a brief shot of Jotaro in a cab just staring at his watch being like, hmm, the time. Hurry up, driver. Yeah. Quick smart. Cut to... There's a lot of running in this sequence of the episode. So mm. now Josuke and... Uh, Koichi run past the part of town where Tamami's body is laying twitching in a ditch without noticing him. <laughs> and they're like, hmm, where could they possibly be? Giving us a barometer of how much, of how far behind they are. <laughs> this is where all the stuff with the girls flirting with uh, Surface as Josuke happens. They're all like, hey, bye Josuke. bye Josuke, see you tomorrow. I ah. love you. And Hazamata's all like, why aren't they saying goodbye to me? I'm uh, a nice guy. Yeah, they're all bitches anyhow. <laughs> It really is just a fucking nice guy, mm. isn't it? He's su- he's got such a toxic personality, and mm. that's. But don't we all, to some degree, Liam? Don't it, we all? So this girl comes up and tries to confess to Josuke by giving him a love letter, and Hazamata's like, "Rip that up!" And then he, he punches uh, his wooden stand in the face and hurts his hand. And Service is like, "Why did that was really dumb of you? I'm made of wood, you know that." Hey, but he's saying in that really casual Josuke way, which I yeah. like. It's really weird that this stand has a personality of its own, you know. And it also kind I my read on this mm. is that obviously we can tell Hazamata's got a like a fair amount of self-loathing. Yeah. And my 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 read on this is the stand kind of reflects that and kind of the the way that it's sort of ca- casually barbing him mm. is kind of a reflection of the fact that he really hates himself because mm. I got I can't crack my fingers especially while we're on microphone. It's Apologies. a very Joe Star thing to do. Um, because he also, I mean, two things to say about the thing I'm about to say. He he talks about how he had Surface imitate the girl he has a crush on recently, yes, which but is he quote creepy. couldn't get anywhere because the stand's annoying personality kept ticking him off. Yeah. Um, which I think also speaks to that self-loathing aspect. Mm, mm. Um, although I don't, it also could be, given that he seems like a generally unpleasant guy, a reflection of the personalities of the people he's... Yeah. Imitating. But I prefer the sort of self-loathing interpretation. Um, it could be both. But the implications... There are two possible implications of the imitating his crush thing, and they're both incredibly unsavoury. Yes. The least unsavoury is that he wanted to have sex with his wooden doll. Well, no, he didn't want to have sex with the wooden doll. He wanted to have sex with the girl that the wooden doll was imitating. Yeah. Problem being that it's a wooden doll. But the other, even more unsavory implication is that he wanted to use Service's movement-restricting controlling abilities Mm. to Mm. do very unsavory Mm. things to this girl. Yeah. He's a bad person. Well, yes, he's a JoJo's antagonist. (laughs) So far, these antagonists have been the worst. But, like, Tamami was just kind of... You know, he was a selfish manipulator, but he wasn't... A rapist at heart. Yeah, I mean, he did say some unsavory things about Koichi's sister, yeah. but he wasn't being like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck her later." Yeah, it's more like, see, this part I feel like has some really good antagonists so far mm. because all of them feel like they're actually antagonists rather than big bad villains. Yeah, they aren't cartoonish stereotypes. They're, exactly, they're sort of unpleasant people you might actually encounter, ex- and you're just like, excluding Ooh. Angelo, and like deeply disturbing things. Like, oh yeah, no. I was going to try and mimic the girl that I like. And it's like, don't. Don't, don't, do, don't do that. that. Ooh, mm. ooh, there's no... That's not consent. Hey, not consent. hey, Hazamata, why don't you try imitating a pleasant person for once in your life? Oh! Ah, yeah. 
stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, no, we don't want him to do that. That's the exact opposite thing. Smoking's cool because he's an anime character. No. <laughs> so he gets angry at all the girls. And he, so he scraped his hand on his stand and he's walking and he just happens to, to touch a motorcycle as he goes by. This pristine green motorcycle. Uh, and he leaves both like a clammy handprint and a spot of blood. Mm. Thereby incurring the ire of the two greatest characters in animated history. <laughs> biker Joe and Biker Steve. So there's these two biker guys and they, they've got a real interesting dynamic. Because they, they look like big buff biker guys. Mm. But they also, like, maybe this is me, but I kind of ship these guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're very well spoken. Because the way they banter, they seem very familiar with each other. Yeah, they're just like, oh, come on now, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Well, why did I say it, Steve? Yeah. Not, why would I say it? You're getting worked up again. It's okay, it's okay. Maybe I want to get worked up. Yeah. Maybe I'm allowed to be emotional every now and then, it's okay? Like, he touched my bike. I'll kill that dumb ass. And the other guy's like, hey, it's not like he meant it. Besides, he might hear you talking like that. Well, that's why I said it. I did mean it. He looks like a dying cricket waddling <laughs> like that. And it's like, that's a pretty good metaphor, man. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was a good description, huh? <laughs> It's just, they're so casually and like, yeah. so chill These about These guys the uh, are awesome. They're great. <laughs> Best characters in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, so good. They incur the, the wrath of Hazamata, who mm-hmm. um, surface appears behind one of them and just chops him in the head with his wooden hand and book there's blood. And then he grabs the other one and sort of a uh, full Nelson. Mm. Hazamata walks up with a switch, not a switchblade, a... Um, Stanley knife. Yeah. And he's all like, I'm going to cut out your tongue. Listen here, People are going to ask you, uh, you ever wonder how I got these scars? All right, Steve, I'm going to make you a Stanley. (laughs) That's nothing. Yo, I'll cut out your mouth. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Elbows him in the face. But then it's fine because Josuke throws a big old shard of glass across the road. We didn't know he was there, but he yeah. just rounded the corner, picked up a shard of glass, hurled it at Surface, who has to drop this guy to catch it before it can hit Hazamata in the face. Ooh. Oh, they square off across the, the busy Mario street. And he's all like, he just tried to throw a piece of glass at me. That's fine. I'll just control him if he comes over here. But then Josuke's, no, Koichi is like, will you though? And Josuke's all, uh, I didn't throw the shard of glass to hit you. I threw it so you would catch it. And then I would reform all those other shards of glass that are at your feet. Hey, other shards of... Oh, fuck. The glass bottle reforms around Surface's hand, snapping it off. And there's just this wooden nub of a hand from that mannequin. Yeah, on the end of his wrist. And he's all like, ah, shit. That's unfortunate. Oh, actually, he's got a he's got a, another good sort of Josuke-like reaction where he's kind of whining and he's like, Hazamata, what are we going to do now? <laughs> he's so chill. So chill. Mm-hmm. So they run off and uh, they're all like, oh no, they took the fastest route to the train station. What are we going to do? Surely we couldn't just catch them. I mean, we could probably run a little fast. Mm. Get on your knees. I'm going to use you like a spring. He doesn't say get on your knees. Joyski says, um, but that's why I've got you, uh, Koichi. I'll transform you into a car. That's not what he does. Yeah, he'll break all his bones and reform him into some sort of grotesque motorcycle. Yes. You're a bike now, Koichi. Make the sounds. Make the sounds. The bike sounds? Vroom, vroom. Oh, a motorbike. Yeah. God, now I'm only just seeing, like, a Thomas the Tank engine They're run- monstrosity. They're running. We get another town map with the route they're taking. And they're, just like, yep. they're approaching the train station plaza. Oh, no. We'll never catch A train them. crossing up ahead. And we can hear the sound of an approaching train. That, that iconic ding, 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 ding. All right. No worries. We'll go up the, like... The pedestrian overpass through the train station. We've got this. 
Yeah, we'll still get there. They can't take a fast as a route. The train will slow them down too. Hazamata crossing the overpass stops and is like, hey, where's the train? Looks down at the train tracks and there's Josuke and Koichi just running across some empty train tracks. Yep. And then they look over and there's Echoes with a bunch of onomatopoeia saying ding, 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 ding. I like Echoes. Yeah. There's a lot of fun shit he can do. I like how it's not a stand with... Much offensive power, but yeah. it's been used in very imaginative ways so yeah. far. No, it's really as a funny. sort of support. Mm. So the ding, ding, ding goes away, and they're like, "The good what? guys get across the train station." They high five, and I liked that shot because we were looking at the bad guys. Then we cut to high fiving hands across the screen, and the good guys running again, being like, "You did it, Koichi. You sure slowed them down with your train station gambit that I made you do." It's like, "Thanks, Josuke, for your great idea that I had nothing to do with yeah. until the last minute." At the train station, Jotaro is still staring at his watch. He's all like, hmm, mm-hmm. time is passing. So that's a plus. Yep. We get, we see uh, Josuke and Koichi arrive. And like, we made it in time. Great work. But then we see Hazamata lurking in the shadows. And we also get a shot of the, the turtle that lives in the fountain just doing his thing. Ma. Is that what a turtle sounds like? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, and they explain everything to Jotaro. He's got a missing right hand. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I can copy you and steal your bullshit. Um, and as he's talking, he just super casually just reaches into Jos- Jotaro's um, coat and pulls out a big pen. And Jotaro's all like, hmm, all right, well, let's keep a lookout for him. Mm-hmm. And they all yep. turn away from one another. Yeah. And Jotaro says, um, why do I have this pen? Why did I get a pen out? What's wrong with me? And then his arm moves on his own and raises into a sort of stabbing posture. Yeah, an overhead stab position. And he looks at his reflection in the nearby window and it sort of shifts for a sec because it's not just his reflection, it's also in that building surface. (gasps) And I like the moment where, there's a moment where um, where Surface grins sinisterly. Mm. So then as a result, Josuke also grins sinisterly for a moment and Surface has to suppress it. So good. That's That's just a neat little touch yeah and he's like oh no he's gonna make me stab jotaro in the head with this this incredibly destructive pen it's incredibly ornate which makes it even deadlier and uh, hazamata's expositing like yes josuke you're gonna stab jotaro in the head with that pen and kill him instantly if you didn't kill him instantly your crazy diamond could just fix it this is your fault for opposing me i was gonna drive him out of town but now it's because of you he's gonna die this is something you see a lot in a jojo's bizarre adventure Mm-hmm. and be anime in which the villains are like it's your fault I'm doing this terrible thing from my perspective the Jedi are evil <laughs> yeah sure it's that it's that all over again it's not really it, 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 it's the same it would be like it's your fault I killed the Jedi Obi-Wan well yeah you was. wouldn't help me save my wife it, it was so this, the, the, their blood is on your hands that was the whole point <laughs> And then as he's going to stab him in the head with that pen, the bikers from before show up and beat the crap out of Hazamata, thereby dropping surface and releasing his control on Josuke. He throws the pen onto the roof. Jotaro turns around and is like, you okay? You good? The bikers are like, there's that Hazamata guy. Josuke told us we could save him at the, at the train station. Man, that Josuke, what a good guy. He healed our wounds somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> anyway, let's beat the crap out of you. We're going to take you behind the restroom at the back. It's all like... Ah. Uh, that is something... That is maybe one of the earlier uh, concrete examples 
of that key theme um, where, you know, uh, make help out and then helping out your it. town, making your, the world a nicer place is mm. a beneficial thing. Because, you know, Hazamada, he, he walked through the town being unpleasant to everyone he encountered. And that was the seeds of his undoing. Mm. Similarly, Josuke, although he didn't see Tamami, helped everyone else he made along the way. These two bikers. Uh, That's helping him. Yeah. It's all about the what circle. What goes around comes around. What muchacho, me chacho. <laughs> sure. What Dorit you, Dorit oh my. That didn't work at all. Mm-mm. But That's I do nothing. feel like lunch. <laughs> I want to pull up another one. Do you remember back when Jodoro got into a battle with Dan of Steel? Oh, do I remember? And I pulled up um, some image edits of Jodoro's internal monologue in the here's your receipt thing. Vaguely? Because there are, there's another good set of those for the scene in which um, Josuke takes his pen. Okay. Wait, Jotaro's in a monologue when Josuke takes his yeah. pen. Oh, God. And then throws it on the roof. <laughs> Just like a, man, I wanted that pen. I like that pen. Okay, I haven't found that one yet, but I have found one from Wheel of Fortune that we didn't um, find. Mm-hmm. When Jotaro punched that truck they were about to drive in full on, and he's saying yeah. things like, I did it. Punching trucks is fun. I punched the truck. I saved our lives with punches. Did they see that? Did they know that I... Oh, did they, do they know I did that? I should tell them. If it went for Star Platinum, we'd all be dead right now. That was fucking rad. I did a good job today. I don't think they heard me. <laughs> okay. This is just a meme, right? This isn't real. No, yeah, this is just a meme. Yeah. God, he's such a dumb man. But so, so good. So this is a, a picture of... um. It's fan art, actually. I, I, I'd misremembered it, I guess, unless mm-hmm. the, unless there was two versions of it that have been made. Mm-hmm. It's just um, in the aftermath of this, as everyone's watching, um, as we learn, Tamami being carted away in an ambulance at the yep. end. Yep. Uh, they're all just standing there, arms crossed, being real cool. Uh, and then it zooms in on Jotaro and his internal monologue. Why did Josuke take my pen? He just took it out from my pocket and I haven't seen it since. Why did he do that? Where did it go? I'm glad that he finds me approachable enough to just take the pen from my pocket. But why the expensive one? Why did he just reach into my coat pocket and take the pen? Why did I just let him? Does he know? So all this is superimposed on the little panel there. Yeah. That zoomed in on his face. Um, there's a bit over his his eyes that's a bit dense, but it, uh, that I can't make out the characters for. But it's uh, the pens are cheap and terrible. Missed that pen. Did he call me out here just to take my pen? No, wait, there was a stand. Did the stand want my pen? <laughs> I shouldn't have kept the expensive one in my pocket. What am I, Polnareff? Wait, I think Polnareff gave me that pen. Should I ask for it back? Not that great to ask for my pen back from my uncle. Yare, yare. Just a pen. But why did he do that? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's the best part of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Jojo's memes. So Tamami gets carted off. Yeah, they... Oh, yeah. So they beat the crap out of... Uh, surface Tamami gets carted off in the hospital the narrator informs us and everyone's just watching that even Josuke who is there and could heal him um so they're just watching him get carted away and then from afar atop a power pole emerges a freaky looking bird thing Kappa Kappa it's Chili Pepper he's there he's got the bow and arrow and he's all uh man you're a loser uh, has a martyr. Anyway, I'm out of here. <laughs> Good thing I've got this bow and arrow. <laughs> to be continued. Oh my god. Is he part of the group? He's probably part of the group. It stands to reason he'd be part of the group. Mm. So Nick. Yes. Highlights and lowlights for this episode. Uh, Highlight would be the train trick. Mm, that's cool. Because like Echoes is not a formidable stand, but that is a glorious usage of that stand, yeah. you know? Like, just tricking people is so good. I love tricking people. Mm. I love having the rug pulled out under my expectations. 
Sure. Your highlight? My highlight is uh, when Josuke took that guy's pen. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, cool, why did I take this pen? Nice. Low light? Low light. Not a big fan of all the eye trauma. Kind of grosses me out. Yep. The uh, the bit with um, where Josuke is like just about to stab Zaya. Also, oh, depictions cool. of pens as incredibly deadly weapons. Kind of, it's kind of goofy. Yeah, I want to say my low light is probably the very end of the episode where okay, it's probably two things. One is obviously what's her face just showing up and then oh, doing yeah. nothing. Yep. Uh, or foreshadowing. Yeah, but, but uh, just do something. Uh, or it would be the fact that what's his face shows up at the end. Chili Pepper. Chili Pepper shows up. He's all like, ha you're Bye. lame. I'm out. <laughs> and then that's it. And you're like, okay. Remember the the ongoing meta plot? It's like, yeah, okay, sure. Nothing happened there, mm-hmm. so that's good. But so, yeah. Nick. Yes. One I don't have a moment, Liam. I'm a busy man. Oh, um, just before we get into predictions, yeah. we should talk about Surface. Oh, yeah. That at all. What is Surface a reference to? Well, Surface is a reference to the band Surface, an American music group from New Jersey, active from 83 to 94. Ooh. Their number one pop and R&B hit was The First Time. Don't know anything about them. I mean, neither do I, but they sound reputable. Sure. Um, Surface, obviously. Oh, this is the Jojo Valet commentary for Surface. Did I ever have one of these dolls on hand? If anything, I was more interested in drawing how tricky its host was. Judging by the screw on the forehead, it might have been based off of the copy robot in Perman. You know, sometimes I question the value of these <laughs> notes, you know? Sometimes we listen to them, it's like, yeah. So, you know, I just had, like, a pen lying around. I thought, why not use a pen? End of note. It's like, <laughs> amazing. Such insight. <laughs> just, that one was especially, like, yeah, so, you know. Was it based off that thing? I don't know, maybe it was Perman. Maybe it was based off that thing that it talks about a lot. <laughs> Could you imagine if there was a stand that was like, haha, I'm based off this character from this anime. From this and this popular to, IP. And then we go to like the author's note and it's like, you know, I don't know what it was based on. It might have been based off. Something that- entirely different. <laughs> but, you know, I think maybe it was just based off this anime with this guy, you know, that he talks about. Mm. I think it may have been that. Mm. It's like, thanks. Thank you, Araki. You, God damn it. So Nick. Although, mm, yeah. Hazamata has been defeated. Hazamata. Tamami is in the hospital. More like was a (laughs) martyr. Okay, yep. Red hot chili pepper is still at large. Yep. There's a girl around who looked at the boys and blushed. Sorry, I'm just really happy with that joke that I made. Sure, I'm very happy for you. (laughs) Because he was... It would have been better if his name was something like Izumi and you said more like Wazumi. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like has and was is still not bad. Oh, okay, never mind. It doesn't matter. Like, it was not good, good joke <laughs> in the good. moment, Nick. It was good joke. It was like, oh, it was great. What do you think will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 Diamond is Unbreakable in the episode entitled... Hit me. Yukako Yamagishi... <gasps> it's the girl! ...falls in love. Oh, fuck. I, okay. All right. My prediction is she's going to fall in love with Koichi. This is absolutely my prediction. Because all the other girls have been falling in love with Josuke. What if she falls in love with Okuyasu? Who is still in this show? Nah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Okuyasu is like too brutish for her. It's like, oh, but I love the, you know, the calm, centered nature of you, Koichi. You know, you've always been such a nice young boy. You're so short. You're so short. I love short men. (laughs) (laughs) And your hair, it's so upright. I love short men with upright hair. 
You know, you a fan of Dragon Ball Z? I'm a fan of Dragon <laughs> Ball Z. And your hair reminds me of some of the characters from Dragon Ball Z. Available now in Shonen Jump. <laughs> God, what? Okay. You can't this go Yamagishi. Has... I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm pretty sure I sounded it out. Falls in love. She falls in love with Koichi. We have the awkward date episode mm-hmm. where Josuke is like, all you gotta do is this. And then just that, Just be like, yourself, Koichi. And, and then, then Okuyasu is like, no, don't be yourself. Exactly. Neg her. It's like, well, what do I do? Here, if you do anything wrong, we'll help you out. So, oh no, I'm dropping my vroomph hand. My drink is gone. <laughs> you know, like that kind of sure, yeah. whole stuff. And is there going to be a stand battle or is it just going to be a weird date? I think, hmm, I think it's mainly just going to be like a date, you know, where at the end of it, we're going to be like, hey, you've got a girlfriend now. It's like, well, we don't know if I have a girlfriend now, but she's certainly nice. Or perha- perhaps, um, let me, let me spin this one oh, for you. Here we go. Maybe the, uh, the date's going to be interrupted by an antagonist. Yes. So maybe it's like they're having the date and then from across the room, they see <gasps> it's that antagonist we were talking it's about. Red before. Hot Chili Pepper. And then he's there going, <laughs> you know what I could do here? I could just ruin this date for you. Wouldn't that be a jolly good time? Do you think Yukako is a stand user or not? <gasps> what if she wasn't a stand user mm-hmm. and gets shot by the arrow? Oh, and then she helps them win the battle. Exactly. Well, yes. Because that's how these things work. Perhaps, yeah. I don't know. I reckon, but there's a strong part of me that feels like she won't get a stand. But at the same time... But they, just because of... The nature of... Because of Jojo and women. No, no, just because of the nature of, like, we have all the antagonists from the OP who are standing on the pedestal at the end of the OP. Uh, that, not, a, not a thing, but yeah. okay. Aren't they, like, standing on stage on, like, that pedestal? That's the protagonists. Well, they, yeah, that's what... Didn't I say... You said antagonists. Oh. The protagonists are all standing on that pedestal at the end, right? <laughs> but she's not there. But she's not there. Right. So I don't think she's going to get a stand. But... Remember that those one those shots in the OP? That is true. In which uh sexy chef Tamami Not those shots. Oh. The shots where we see like vague energy miasmas coming out of people's shadows. That's true. And one character, I won't remind you which, does have a girl with long flowing hair. It was Koichi. Uh. That is true. But maybe that's just more about his love life than anything. I mean, maybe she gets a stand. I don't know. I don't think she will, but she could also just get shot by the arrow. (laughs) There is literally a device that gives people stands, so Mm -hmm. there's that. Or maybe she already has one. Ooh, plot twist. The stand makes it a really bad date. So secretly, she's like, oh, I'm really nervous. What do I do? And the stand oh, keeps it's helping like her out. like self-sabot. Oh, okay. And it's like, the stand keeps trying to help her out, but... But it's a stand that doesn't quite understand a romance. Exactly. And so she's like, oh, I, I hope you're having a good time. And the stand is like trying to make something happen. And Koichi's like, I can't let her know that I have a stand. It might, it might jeopardize this whole thing. What if she's evil? What if I'm evil? Oh, no. And it just devolves from there and she's like yes i'm involved with this group <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm with this group of people that likes to murder stand everyone users. yeah no that'd be fun that'd be a fun app i think that's gonna happen cool date koichi girl we'll see you next time with koichi's magical date with a girl <laughs> There's an episode of Sailor Moon, I think, where one character goes on a date and the other characters are all like, you know, in the next booth over with menus over their faces. Yeah, and- yeah. No, I know there's there's that um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode where Scully finds a lady that's just like him. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the then, police convention or whatever. Yeah, and so then he's like, oh, I wish I could go talk to her, but I don't know what to say. And then what's-her-face and Santiago go up and they're like, you just Gina say this. Yeah, Gina and Santiago are like, you just say this. And they this. do the old, um, 
The mic trick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, if it was someone else on the date in this scenario we've, we've constructed, mm-hmm. um, they could be on the date and know, not, not know what to do. And Koichi, who reads a lot of romance novels, yeah. could use echoes to... Um, <laughs> Recite romance novels. Or to, to, to give them good things to say. No, you know what would be the best thing? If... If anything goes wrong, Jotaro stops time, walks over, <laughs> fixes everything. He's like, yeah, this seems good. And walks off. And then they're just like, was your shirt always off? What? Oh, no. Nick, I want to share some listener correspondence <gasps> with you. Listener correspondence? This comes from Mikhail Somerwald. Mikhail, my boy. I didn't who sent us an email entitled, racist. here's your Okuyasu meme. <laughs> so apparently at one point you wanted to see a lewd Okuyasu meme. So... <gasps> They what? threw this together. What? It was not worth it, they say. <laughs> Don't worry, it's safe for work. I can't remember saying this, but at the it's same time... It's a picture time, of Akiyasu yeah. looking sort of low-res and sweaty, and it says, when you use your stand to masturbate, but you didn't consider the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> and stand is yes. in those... Oh. Those marks. Those, oh, those that is Japanese beautiful. brackets. That is amazing. That is a stand that I'm... A stand? That That's is a, a meme. That's a dank I'm, meme. I am very pleased. Very pleased with this. Oh, that is beautiful. Just... <laughs> Please, continue with the lewd memes. They make me happy. So much dank. So little time. I know that about brings us to the end of our podcast. Sick. Don't know why I said sick, but sure. <laughs> if you want to correspond with us, you can reach us at jojospodcast at gmail.com. I just noticed a couple of emails that I think we will discuss in the next couple of weeks. Which you will not look at now because they contain dank spoilies. Shit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Or if you just want to correspond with us more casually, uh, there's always Jojo's podcast at Twitter. It's a good place. Mm -hmm. If you would like to uh, perhaps finance us in a financial manner for financial gain. I mean, we're not going to give you anything other than bonus content, but you can... But such dank bonus content. You have no idea how Mm. dank it is. We're talking like... Cave dank. grown. Oh, like mushroom worthy dank. Um, riddled with fungus. <laughs> so you can uh, support us at Jojo's World on uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jojo's World. Or if you'd prefer to just help people grow the show, uh, feel free to give us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or the service of your choice that we may or may not be on. Tell a friend. Tell them we're funny. Lie to them. Tell them we're funny. <laughs> 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 I enjoyed that. <laughs> just. Just tell them we're funny. For God's sake, give us validation. And until next time, to to be be continued. continued.